Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Humboldt in Clear Lake, Iowa. I hope you're having a great day. I am so blessed to be able to have you here. I'm passionate about our time every Saturday morning because I want to be able to give you a challenge. I want to be able to give you ways of thinking about your money that potentially you've never thought of before. And today we're going to be discussing why a model means everything to you. Now, if you've been a listener to my show for any length of time, you know that every episode is powered by the Retirement Income Store. And you know, you've heard it said that knowledge is power, but it's not. Knowledge is potential power. And sometimes we get stuck in making decisions because we don't have the knowledge we need to make a good decision. Well, that's the reason that the Retirement Income Store exists, a nationally recognized group of franchisees that are here as fiduciaries to help educate you on what it's going to take to retire in today's world. And not only that, but the tools, the things that you need to have implemented into your plan so that when you retire, you can have the confidence, you can have the ability to know that that plan is going to work for you. You know, these financial advisors that you pay them a fee and they spit out a group of papers and it says, okay, you do this, 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 and based upon you know, hypotheticals, we expect this to happen. I see that fail time and time and time again. In the Retirement Income Store, we want to educate you first and foremost about the realities of retirement, what it's going to take. And then we give you the tools to be able to put in your toolbox to know that if this happens or that happens or the other happens, you've got a much better chance of success. And that's what we all want. We all want as high of a percentage of possible success as is possible, right? So I encourage you, if you haven't gone, go. Go to theretirementincomestore.com. There is just a wealth of information that I know is going to be helpful for you. So today, why does the model mean everything? Well, let me ask, when's the last time that you went to a car dealership? If you're like me, I like to kind of 
you know, breeze into a car dealership, drive around. I like to see the different models of cars. I like to see the different body styles. Some are really super sleek looking. They look like they're going to go real fast. Some are very utilitarian, right? It takes every different model. And sometimes we've got friends, right? I've got a good friend of mine. He absolutely loves his car. I wouldn't be caught dead in the thing, okay? But to him, he loves it. It juices him up every single time that he gets into that car. He loves it. It serves the purpose. It's everything he wants it to be. For me, I like something different, okay? I'm into Jeeps. I've always been into Jeeps. I love them. And you know what? They are not the most family-friendly automobile, but I don't know. They just have an appeal to me. That's the model that I love. I love the Jeep Wrangler. Now, for you, you might love a minivan. You might love a four-door sedan. You might love a pickup truck. Models exist in so many different models, and it doesn't make them right. It doesn't make them wrong. It's just about finding the right model for the time and the purpose that you want it to serve at this stage of your life. Well, when it comes to your money, models mean everything. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for Wealth Income Management, dot com. And post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. Today, I'm going to share with you a story that recently happened to me. There was a woman that I met. Her name was Michelle. And Michelle had been in the IT industry for 30 years. And Michelle was getting older. She was getting closer to retirement. And when her mom became to the age where she no longer could take care of herself. Michelle decided that it was time to retire. She was really tired of the stress anyway, and so that was helpful. But her biggest thrust was taking care of her mom because her mom no longer had her father around, and Michelle's brother really wasn't in the picture, so it kind of fell to the daughter, or in this case, Michelle, to take care of her mom. Now, a little bit of background. Michelle had been a good saver. She had always worked hard to save as much as she possibly could in her 401k. After her divorce, she had gotten a little bit out of the divorce, and she was able to save that. And Michelle had had a long-term relationship with a stockbroker, a financial advisor. And this was a nationally recognized brokerage firm. They have a firm in literally every community that's of decent size here in the Midwest. And it was a good relationship. She had a good relationship with her broker. She trusted him. He was a good guy. And he had seen her through good times. He had seen her through bad times. And recently, she had come to a webinar. And my gift of gab is hopefully not just a gift of gab that's wasted. I, every single month, will take time out of my busy schedule to host webinars because I love to educate people. And Michelle had recently come to one of my required minimum distribution webinars. And so she wanted to learn up on RMDs. She knew she was getting older. She wasn't really quite to the age of RMDs yet, but she knew that she wanted to plan ahead. And something had been bugging her. She was living on roughly about $1,500 a month in income. Now, here's a woman who had saved a million dollars or just shy of a million dollars for retirement. 
And she was living on 1500 a month. And it just didn't seem fair to her. And she had been raised with a good old-fashioned mindset that her principle needed to be preserved. And yet, every time she talked to her financial advisor about getting income, her broker would tell her that it wasn't possible to make better than 2%. And now she was in a dilemma. She was in a dilemma because she knew that she wanted to preserve her principle. She knew that she was living on 1500 and yet her broker was telling her she couldn't do better than that in interest and dividends. If she wanted income, she had to focus on growth. And yet at the same time, this young lady was smart enough to know the growth equaled risk. And she had saved this million dollars, and now she was retired, and she didn't want to lose the million dollars. Well, she comes across this webinar, and here's this guy preaching income, preaching getting your principal safer, getting your principal to produce interest and dividends so that when RMDs came, or if you just simply needed another stipend of income to mix with your Social Security, that you could have your cake and eat it too. You could have your principal accessibility to your principal, but you could reduce the risk on your principal and consequently get two to three times the amount of income off from the principal and live off from the interest and the dividends instead of on the principal. And she was stuck. She couldn't figure out why he was telling her one thing, but I was telling her something different. So let me give you an example, a simple example. Let's say that you had a back problem. And so you went to four different professionals to seek medical advice about this back problem. And after every single one of your consultations, you came away with a different set of solutions to your back problem. You'd think that that was kind of strange. You went to four different professionals, but you ended up with four different pieces of advice. But what if I now said the first person that you went to was an orthopedic surgeon? The second person that you went to was a chiropractor. The third person was a massage therapist, and the fourth person was an acupuncturist. Now it makes sense that you went to four different people, four different professionals in their own right, and yet you ended up with four different plausible solutions. You see, it's about the business model. And I have to hand it to this financial broker. The stockbroker was telling her the truth. He just wasn't telling her the whole truth. You see, when it comes to investing your money, you have to pay attention to the business model of the advisor, the institution you're with, because the business model is going to be the thing that's the structure of the financial advisor. Think of it this way. Stockbrokers are called stockbrokers for a reason. They don't sell CDs and government bonds and annuities, right? They sell what? They sell stocks. And you see his business model, because it was focused on mutual funds, well, mutual funds were the only thing he had to sell. Mutual funds are not an income tool. They're a growth-based tool. In fact, so many people today that are getting a check every month from their stockbroker, they need to be asking what's creating the income. If you don't ask, you don't know. And if you're getting a check every month, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's coming from income that's being produced by interest dollars or dividend dollars. Oftentimes is the case where the stockbroker is producing a monthly income, 
and without the knowledge of the investor, the stockbroker has been selling shares of those mutual funds every single month. So you see, with Michelle, her stockbroker's answer wasn't passing the sniff test. She knew that her principal should be able to produce more than just 2%, but he was telling her it wasn't possible. And once she realized he was telling her the truth because it wasn't possible within the industry or the, the business model that he worked for, the firm that he worked for, it simply wasn't possible because their focus was growth. Now she realized that it wasn't her advisor's fault. It was his model's problem. Models mean everything. Now, if you need a model of a pickup truck, if you need the model of an SUV, if you need the model of a luxurious four-door sedan, those are all legitimate needs. You just have to find the model that's going to fit the need. And in the same way that when you were born and you saw the pediatrician and you eventually outgrew the pediatrician, you need to realize that sometimes as investors, as we age and we get older, we get closer to retirement, we begin to outgrow the business model of the financial firm that we're with. Vanguard and Fidelity may be fine for us in the 401k when we're in our 30s and our 40s and even our 50s. But as we get closer to Social Security age, as we get closer to retirement age, as we get closer to RMD age, we realize that their business model is not going to serve the purpose that we now need to be served as we get to these ages. So once Michelle realized that he wasn't lying to her, he was being absolutely honest. Now she realized that she had the freedom to look outside of the business model of that stock brokerage firm and be able to find a business model that was going to be able to focus and specialize on that of income. Now, what did she learn when she began to investigate this world of investing for income? Well, I'm going to keep you hanging until after our break. Stick around because I want you to be able to see what Michelle learned about investing for income and how it could help you too. Sit tight. We'll be right back. This is the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. After a certain age, you shouldn't be overexposed to stock market risk, yet you might still be trying to squeeze every last drop out of today's market. And although fixed income investment can offer less risk than stocks, it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice return. In fact, recently, some fixed income investments have actually outperformed stocks, but yet you're still waiting to act. To learn more about the Retirement Income Store, call your local Retirement Income Specialist, Matthew Johnson of Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store. So what did Michelle learn when she realized that her stockbroker was telling her the truth, the fact that he simply could not get her more than 2%, 
in interest and dividends. And part of the thing that really chapped my hide was the fact that he said it just doesn't exist because it does exist. It just doesn't exist in his world. And she knew it wasn't passing the sniff test. She knew that she, having nearly a million dollars, should be able to produce a good $35,000, dollars $45,000 of interest and dividend on that principle. She knew it. She just couldn't accomplish it within his business model. What did she learn? Well, she learned a number of different things. The first is this, that we have to break free sometimes of one mentality, one philosophical way of investing. What I mean by that is this, you know, when we're in a 401k, we have to realize the 401ks are very, well, they have to be very cookie cutter, right? Because 401ks are designed for not only attracting young talent, but it's also for keeping talent, right? It's for keeping employees. Many people go to work for a particular business, for a particular company, because that company offers benefits. And of course, being able to save for retirement, getting a match program where I'm putting in money and the employer's putting in money, that's kind of nice. That's free money. But they have to be cookie cutter because they have to be simple because they're serving sometimes hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of employees. So when I'm meeting with nurses and they say work for a local hospital, you know, realize that there's lots of different mercy hospitals around. And many of those hospitals are using the same custodian for the 401ks. So these 401ks have to be very simple. That means that they can't offer too many different investments. And let's face it, when's the last time that you ever saw a 401k being designed to be conservative and to be focused on income for, say, a person who's in their late 50s, early 60s, or late 60s? Well, I'm going to suggest never. Because that's not what 401ks are designed for. They're designed for growth. That's the reason that the 401k mutual funds that exist within that 401k that's being offered to you as the employee, they're more on the aggressive end. They're more on the growth base side. Well, Michelle had retired. She had rolled that 401k over into her stockbroker's management. But here again, she realized after having a discussion and starting to learn about how models can affect a person, because his business model was growth-based, he really wasn't much different than the 401k. He was using mutual funds too, and those mutual funds were growth. Now, the difference was this. He knew that she was getting older. He knew that she wanted income. But because he was constricted by the business model that his firm caters to, He was in a position where the only thing that he could produce for her that was going to be a little less risky was going to be the bond funds. Now, what she learned was the bond funds definitely were going to be less risky than the stock funds. But she also learned a great lesson in economics, and that is this, that when interest rates go up, bond funds typically fall. Now, What was the impact that that was going to have on her? You see, in order to help you understand a bond fund, we have to understand a fixed income bond. Let's say that we own a bond individually versus owning a bond fund. When we own a bond, we own a contract. Essentially, we have lent money to a corporation. The corporation is using our money, paying us interest for the use of the money. 
Now, there's a couple of things that are non-negotiables. The first is this, that a bond has a stated rate of interest. That means that they can't just pay us whatever they feel like it. If that bond has a coupon of, say, 4% or 4.5% or 5%, that corporation has to pay us what it says it's going to pay. That's contractual within that contract. Okay. Number two is that the bond isn't going to go on forever. Bonds don't last forever. Bonds have a maturity, just like your mortgage had a maturity date. You couldn't borrow the money forever indefinitely. You had to pay it back over the course of 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, whatever it was. That was a contract. So bonds have a stated rate of interest. Bonds have a contractual end date, a maturity date. Now, what happens when that bond matures? Well, what happens is the company has to return the money back to us. They don't get to keep it and use it forever. Now, I want you to think about the bond fund. Bond funds are not designed with that contractual type of guarantee. The fund manager is managing the bonds inside that bond fund, and we don't even own them. What we own is the shares of the mutual fund. And those bonds inside that mutual fund are constantly changing. So do we get a steady, do we get a guaranteed consistent rate of interest? And the answer is no. Number two, does that mutual fund ever mature or does it go on forever? If you pick the latter, you're correct. It goes on forever because mutual funds are designed to be perpetual in nature. This means if I want to own the same fund, whether it's a stock fund or a bond fund for 30 years, I can do that. But this was the biggest impact to her because bonds produce interest but you have to sell shares of a bond fund to get income. Well, guess what? When interest rates go up, if the bond share price falls, this meant that Michelle would have to sell more shares. And you see, she understood from a mechanical standpoint that when you sell shares, you're selling your principal. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense, or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. What else did Michelle learn? Well, Michelle learned that she was actually paying more in cost than she really needed to. And here's why. You see, when you're working with a stock brokerage firm, even if they have a branch or an arm, a little side business where they say that they're professionally managing as a fiduciary, the reality is this, that they're charging you a management fee. And oftentimes the reason that I see such expensive management fees coming from stock brokerage growth-based firms is because you see, well, they're charging you a fee, so they've got to justify the fee. And so as a result, her stockbroker knew that he was putting her into riskier type of funds in order to justify the fee that he was charging her. You see, if Let's say he was investing her in short-term treasuries or CDs or something of that nature. 
he couldn't charge her a very big management fee. It wouldn't look good to the client. It wouldn't look good to the SEC. It wouldn't look good to the industry in general. And so what I found is that oftentimes those firms will charge higher fees and consequently they will have you in more risky positions in order to justify the fee that they're charging you. What was the third thing that she learned? The third thing that she learned is the fact that she had to look outside of the stock market. You see, when you're looking at just simply stocks, most stocks that exist in the world today are not going to be paying a dividend. And if you really want, say, that three and a half, four, four and a half, maybe 5% in interest and dividends, you can't have all of your money still stuck in the stock market. You have to look at non-stock market alternatives. What does this mean? It means investing in fixed income. What does that look like? That could be individually held bonds. That could be preferreds. That could be business development companies. That could be real estate investment trusts. That could be CDs, short-term treasuries. It could be municipal bonds. It could be annuities. There's an entire universe of things that exist in the world today that we can invest in that are going to allow us to have less risk on our money, but produce more of an output. Even when one simple adjustment is made, for instance, instead of investing in, say, just pure growth stocks that don't produce a dividend, looking at investing in dividend-paying common stocks, just that one little shift could be the difference between making 1.5% in dividends and making 4%. The problem becomes that most growth-based firms, most growth-based financial advisors, they no longer want to take the time, the due diligence to be able to research those dividend-paying stocks, those interest-bearing bonds, those dividend-paying preferreds. We have fallen victim within the financial services industry to what I call the disease of ease where they simply want to sell a product and they're relying upon their firm's analysis and research. Well, guess what? That firm's analysis and research is likely to cater to the firm's bottom line more so than it is to your bottom line as a client. And this is the reason that models are so important. If there's anything that irks me about the financial services industry, It's that there is so much real self-interest that's designed. As a fiduciary, it's like I've taken an oath that the doctor has taken to do what is in the best interest of the client, not that of the firms. This is the reason it's so important in the last stage of your retirement life to be focused on investing and working with a fiduciary, someone that's going to be able to provide you advice that's going to help you and benefit you, and then to do for you, to take action upon an actionable and a plan that's solid and comprehensive to help you. So many different times, people have major problems when they come see me and they expect that I'm going to diagnose them with cancer, but I'm only going to take out a part of the tumor. I don't want to take out a part of the tumor. I want to take out the entire tumor. That's my responsibility as a fiduciary. And yes, it may be painful to hear that you need to make a change, 
But if you know that it's going to save your financial life, if you know that you have to take massive action to get massive results, so many people after the fact appreciate that someone's willing to tell them the truth and to be transparent and to be able to help them in providing the tools that are going to be necessary, not halfway, not pseudo, but something that's truly going to solve the problem that they have. You're going to need the income. You know you're going to need the income. Michelle knew she needed the income. For crying out loud, she had saved up nearly a million dollars, but was living on $1,500. But the answers that her broker was providing her wasn't passing the sniff test. So she had to look outside of that model to discover the secrets of creating income for herself. And guess what? You can too. I'm going to encourage you. Do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step. Reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Well, that's it. That's all the time that I have for today. But remember, it is up to you to make today a great day. It's up to you to make tomorrow the day you want it to become. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Matthew Johnson. Make it a great day. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.